This is Down by the Bank, episode 13. This is Corey. Hey guys, it's Derek. This one stinks. It really does. It's pathetic. Coaching, some decisions that were made, just just bad. You know, we'll get into it, but just uh, terrible. Yeah, cannot believe we're 0-3, to be honest with you, at this point in the season. Um, I definitely had my first meltdown uh, in general as a fan and on Twitter today. Um, you know, just to kind of get right into it, Gus Bradley, I'm off completely, officially. I'm I'm totally, in the nicest way possible, on the hashtag FireGus bandwagon, promote Marone bandwagon for the rest of the season. I just don't see how four years in there is any way that we're going to turn around at this point. I mean, we've seen enough, I think. I, th- I think we know how this how this is going to play out, you know, with how prior seasons have gone. I think I'm I think I'm done. If you think you're done, I know I'm done. <laughs> episode of the or name of the episode, Flatline. I said last week on life support, I'm done. We got a flatline. Let's just Get us a new coach and and start over. This is ridiculous. Poor clock management. Last four and a half, five minutes of the game. We get two chances to get it right. We can't get it right. They try the same things. Still can't get it right. So, players, you know, we have talent. We really do. We have a lot of good talent. But just no cohesiveness. Bad coaching, really bad coaching. On the offensive side of the ball, particularly uh, with some of our O-linemen, not sure what that's all about. Bortles, mechanics, and I don't know where he got this Hideo Nomo, Randy Johnson wind-up from, uh, baseball fans. Those are completely two different pitching styles, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, but they both have very big, long wind-ups. I have no idea where this that windup came from, but it's there. Nothing else to say, but just it's flatline. It's it's time to go. Yeah, I just think that, and a lot of people, their argument would be an interim head coach gives you like temporary boost. Like the history has shown that you get a temporary boost from interim coach, but that in the long run, it doesn't really make that much of a difference within a season. But my thing is, we already know what we're getting with Gus. And there's at least a small percentage chance that if you promote Marone or whoever, I think Marone makes the most sense, that we may succeed or at the least build a little bit of artificial uh, fan uh, enthusiasm or something. Because right now, I mean, I just after getting completely burned to death in the sun today to watch that, um, there's not a whole lot to be excited about. And there's not a whole lot that the team can really expect us to, to think is going to change. I mean... 12 wins, now 39 losses, four years in. My question is, what are we doing? You know, if the philosophy is to get better every day, when exactly is the getting better part? Is that year five, year six? Like, what's the plan? I mean, there's no way they anticipated starting 0-3 this season. They don't know what the plan is because they don't know how to adjust. They have no clue how to adjust. And they've proven it because we're 0-3. We, we still can't. Do the simple things, the little things that we need to do. I don't know why we can't do them. 
and if we and if, if we don't know why as fans if there's like a glaring hole if you know if we have a bad spot on our team you know for instance if we knew that we we uh we we had we couldn't cover the pass you know the, the passing game then we know hey we need to get better players at those positions but we have that and yeah we're we're competing you know we lost this game by 2 points and we lost the green bay game by a few points but at the end of the day, the breaks never go our way. Nope. And a lot of those aren't luck. Majority of them are decisions, time management, coaching. And we just, we don't have it. Uh, playing it safe with four minutes left, running out the clock. Really? We got the ball in a 32, 31-yard line, four minutes left, four minutes and some change. We need to get six points. We don't need to run the clock out and kick a field goal and give them the ball back. Our defense was playing pretty well, so the probability of us stopping them was actually very high. Because we were playing we were playing really good D there in the fourth quarter. So they should have went ahead and gone. They, they should have just played action. I mean, they should have done something besides just run the ball. They were so predictable. That's why that linebacker almost got that interception in the first quarter. They knew it was coming. A lot of the things the Ravens did, it wasn't because their players were that much better. It's because the coaches put the players in the right position to make plays. Right, which is the difference, yes. I think, for most teams. Yeah, because Bortles threw, what, three picks? In my book, you think he should have had five. Yeah, especially with some of those wobbly ducks that got thrown out there. And last thing on the on Gus, and then we'll get into uh, Blake a little bit. You know, you mentioned the... Uh, keeping it close i am beyond sick of the moral victory valuable lessons learned i mean we kind of gotten that the last episode but it's just coming down to wins and losses at this point i mean i can't even listen to a gus bradley press conference anymore i mean it's year four win please i mean what are we spending our money on at this point when we go to these games and we buy all this merchandise and we listen and we invest so much in this team if Shad Khan doesn't make a move soon, he's going to lose the fan base. And as many times as he switched coaches for his soccer team over there, it's time to just pull the plug and move on. It's not working, period. But to get into uh, you know, the offense a little bit and Blake Bortles. The offense just sputters. The, the running game is terrible. Mm-hmm. And for those that still believe that, hey, we must pass to set up the run, why don't you ask C.J. Mosley that and why he dropped back 20 yards to get an interception? I'll wait <laughs> while you answer that. It's because we can't run the ball. That's why. They yeah. don't respect anything. They don't hang around the line of scrimmage. You know why? Because they feel that the five guys they have or four guys can bl- can get past our guys and get to the running back. And they did consistently. Consistently. Well, Linder was out. Beecham's out. Joko was playing left tackle. Hey, Ravens have two rookies playing on their offensive line on the left side, and they ran the ball effectively. They didn't, and I'm not saying you got to run for 100 yards. It's not what I'm saying. But they ran the ball right. when they had to to get the yards that they needed. Or at least enough to have the defense respect a little bit of balance, right? Yeah. The reason why those deep routes that we had last year that were just great, I said it at the beginning of the season. I'm going to keep on saying it. 
Teams have figured us out. They're going to take it away. And they're not going to. They did take it away. Yeah, Robinson had a couple of touchdown catches. A lot of those were three-step drops and quick throws. They weren't the deep crossing routes and posts and, and go routes that we're used to in seam routes. You right. know, there's no um, none of that, no smash routes. We're not running any of those. The reason why is because they're not open. You got middle linebackers and outside linebackers dropping back 10, 15, 20 yards. That makes Eric Weddle's job so easy. That's why he was flying all over the field and it looked like he was everywhere. Right. So we got to learn how to run the ball. And at the point of attack, I saw at least four running plays where I saw offensive linemen taking steps back on running plays. Hmm. In the game of football, if you run the ball, you move forward, offensive lineman. If you pass the ball, you step backwards. You're taught that in Pop Warner. No engagement at the point of attack. None. Zip. Zero. So, Bortles, in, in his small defense, he had an uphill battle to fight already. From the start of the game, those linebackers were way back there. Yeah. So, well, just to kind of cover some of the statistics involving the running game, Bortles was, you know, tied, I guess, as the leading rusher, which you never want to see. Three attempts at 17 yards. Uh, some of those runs were pretty crucial in the game, which was, was good. But TJ Yeldon, six carries for 17 yards. Chris Ivory, 12 carries for 14 yards with a long of four yards. So, obviously, Ivory's return was pretty much ineffective. Remember, I said, we'll see if it's. Chris Ivory, you know, or Yeldon, like is Yeldon dancing too much? Or is, you know, Chris Ivory, and I get Ivory's coming back off an injury. Baltimore's defense is very stout. But I'm pretty sure we have our answer. We can't block. In the game of football, you can have the greatest wide receiver ever to play a game, play the game in my opinion, Jerry Rice, some people may say Randy Moss, but either or. You can have Joe Montana, Peyton Manning, whoever, throwing the football. But if you can't block, you're not going to (laughs) win. I don't care how good your skill position guys are. And we can't block at all. Um So whose fault is that, though? Is that the coaches? Is it the GM not getting the right players? Like, what do you attribute that to? It's coaching. Absolutely, it's coaching. It's coaching and it's scheme. Now, they tried to address that by doing a lot of quick outs. And you see they worked for the first two series. But guess what Baltimore's coaching staff did? They adjusted. Right. Yeah. They adjusted. They they settled into that two, that two deep zone. They ran a two deep zone on that play where that linebacker stepped in front of Julius Thomas and almost picked that off for a pick six. Right. You know? That's, called, that's, what, that's what you do. And they fooled Bortles. Bortles thought they were... He thought it was going to be man all the way. He he didn't – I mean, it was clearly zone, but he thought it was man. You know why? Because they fooled him. Because the coaching staff made an adjustment. They noticed that, hey, they're only taking three-step drops. Let's see if we can't catch him one time. So that's coaching in my opinion. Bortles, um, you know, like I was saying and like you were talking about on the phone with me a little bit earlier today – um, I think you're kind of questioning, and, and I don't blame you, honestly, you know, a little bit. I couldn't see it as well at the game in terms of the body language, but I know this season that has been kind of a theme with him 
with his body language on the field and and you know you've been contemplating whether he's a leader or not uh why don't you elaborate a little bit on that so right after the game i got a call from a, a good buddy of mine he's a local coach here and he he's uh played sport at uh the collegiate level um of his uh perspective sport and regardless that it's not football i can tell you that but he talked about leadership and you can't mold someone into a leader they either have it or they don't and right. i used to combat him all the time about no he's a leader trust me they're rallying i'm around him you know and he's been telling me these things to pay attention to and today i actually started paying attention to him and you know what i hate to say it i hate it when i'm wrong but i'll admit it i'm not perfect i know that but i was wrong Bortles doesn't have leadership qualities he doesn't show them at least we don't see them if you look at other yeah. quarterbacks in the National Football League, let's let's look at let's look at one. Let's look at one that the Gator fans love to hate, and that's Jameis Winston. He's a second-year player. He uh, uh, he can definitely play football. They they voted him as a captain on on the Bucks, and you right. can see him visibly every time one of his offensive linemen screws something up. He is in their face. He is always barking. And and guess what? Yeah, he throws interceptions. We know that. The Bucks aren't very good. They're not good on defense. But he's a leader. When you got the captain of the team, Gerald McCoy, basically saying it's your team now, and he you know, and it wasn't like he was was uh took some class on how to be a leader. He just has it. And another example is like your your, your Tom Brady's, I know I mention him a lot. Your Drew Breeses, they they lead. And when our offensive line mess up, I don't really see Bortles looking at them sideways. He should be like, yo, stop it. <laughs> you know? Right. And at the end of the day, you know, he has this, the body language. They talk about the body language on 10-10 a lot. A lot. So I go back to what my buddy's saying. He goes, you can't make a leader. You have to have it. You have to have that it factor. So was he was was he yeah. or was he not? Now he's a strong arm, strong arm quarterback, very big. You know, seems like he's definitely he doesn't, you know, get into trouble, do crazy things. He as far as off the field, but does he have that it factor? That wow factor. I still think I'm I'm out on the leader thing. I don't know yet if I'm able to make a judgment on that, but I think at the very least he's definitely got some maturity issues, be it from his, you know, press conference last year where he mentioned I think he was referring to the fans or just his critics being kindergartners and and he had the comment today in the press conference and I don't know how to take it whether he was being critical to fans that were booing him or he was just trying to be funny. Uh, but the comment about coming to work and if you're doing a bad job at your work, you know, booing you at work, he, he'd expect, you know, himself to do the same. I don't know. I think it's maturity more than anything because um, I think we do forget sometimes this is a 24-year-old guy. You know, not to say you shouldn't be mature at 24 years old, but there might be a little bit more room for improvement there. But one of the things that you mentioned earlier that I think is important to note is the mechanics issue 
Because I swear during that game, there was one point where I was watching him throw and I had a flashback to all those videos where people used to criticize and, and pick apart Tim Tebow's throwing uh, motion and delivery. It looked exactly like that, where he brought the ball really low and kind of had that, that wind-up, slow delivery. Um, and all I could think about watching it live was, wow, that's that's really slow and deliberate looking. And if I'm seeing that, you know, with the a naked eye and I'm not a scout or any kind, I won't even pretend to be like I'm the type of guy that can, can point out, you know, things like that on a whim, but I, I saw it and I, I think a lot of people are seeing it. And the thought is, is what happened? You know, Greg Olson, end of story. No coaching, <laughs> bad coaching, sorry, coaching, pitiful coach, what, however you want to put it. Nobody yeah. in his face telling him he needs to work on those little things. When you lose games like we lost today, it's the little things. And and that's what it boils down to. Bad coaching. You have no one reminding him, hey, you know, you got to do these things. Now, granted, you know, it's, it's a known fact that, hey, he's going to throw interceptions. He's got mechanics. He looked up to Brett Favre. He kind of molds his game after that. Brett Favre wasn't known for those right. types of things. But he still got it done, and he still worked on it. It doesn't even – there's no progress. It's kind of like he just stopped right now from last season. And what it is I, – and I don't know this. I'm not a coach. I'm a fan. This is the point of this podcast. I'm like everyone else. But I do know this. Right. He, and, I, I, and I don't know this for sure, but I'm just, I have my, an opinion. I bet you they think, and, and, and he thinks, hey, I was able to do this last year, so I'm going to do the same things I did last year and get the same results. No, you're not. Yep. <laughs> no. I agree with you. I think for 100%, I think that's it. And I think it's not only that. I don't doubt that maybe he's looking at the mechanics and offering suggestions, but I, I bet you it's just suggestions, and I bet you it's the same kind of Gus Bradley, happy-go-lucky, everything's kumbaya, and like you said, not getting in his face and saying, this is wrong. You need to fix this. You're going to play poorly if you throw this way. And I don't think Greg Olson, just from what I've seen of him in interviews and stuff, and I don't know him, but it doesn't seem like he's that type of coach. I went and, and looked at some stuff on, on the, the, the teams that he coached, some of the Raiders teams from a few years ago, uh, and some other teams where he was offensive coordinator and QB coach. He was QB coach here one year, as we all know. Absolute garbage. Right. Absolute garbage. I have no idea why. I don't and no one take anything personally because I don't know these people personally. So it's not about them as a, as a, not about him as a man, but as a football coach, garbage. Next, you you want to <laughs> you know that's that's the kind of mood I'm in after watching a game like that and seeing that type of mechanics, bad footwork. What was it? The screen to Lee on the left side was it Lee or or, or someone? Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, yeah I think it was Lee. He took like a yeah. step out and then like tried to throw yeah. it off his front foot or, or back foot. So, somebody on Twitter said somebody on Twitter said he took like yeah. a hop step yeah, in I was basketball. Like, he doing? Curl, like <laughs> curl hopping, throwing a baseball or doing a euro step. Yeah, you know you could euro step and screen at the same time. For people who don't know what a euro step right. is, that's when yeah. you step out and around the defender. It's like he tried to step out and around right. and then throw the ball. Um. Well, and there's hey, but there's the thing. Do you think Olsen said anything to him about I that on the sideline? If he didn't, 
Heck yeah. no, he probably didn't. So he probably didn't. That's, that's what I'm saying. And, and then, the, the, uh, as far as the windup is concerned, this is how it hurts us. If you have linebackers dropping 15, 20 yards down the field, and he's got a big windup, that means the ball gets there slower, which means the linebackers can have yep. more time to cover ground, which means the windows are tighter. Man, some of those passes were horrible. I mean, those were mm-hmm. awful. And wobbly i mean even the short passes i don't know if it matters as much but shouldn't even the short passes have somewhat of a spiral to them i mean there were some of those where it looked like they were end over end getting he throws a nice spiral when he comes overhand but if you ever notice when he throws a lot of quick stuff he kind of has a little sidearm motion to him you know like um because usually when you have a quick uh like a quick out like on the first first down where a rob caught the ball on the left sideline so the offensive lineman will cut the defensive lineman or they'll move and make a passing window so he can see it clearly and get it right to the spot where it needs to be. So he doesn't like set and turn his shoulder and then just fire. He kind of steps to the side and throws a, you know, it's kind of like three quarters of the way. And he has some zip on it. Now, don't get me yeah. wrong. He, he can put some, he can put a little gas on it that way. But sure, that doesn't work all the time. And the reason why, and I'm telling you, we would be talking more about these mechanics had that interception happened with the Julius Thomas play and they ran it back for six. Because that was bad. Right. Like, people don't really, yeah, it was just an incomplete pass, so oh what, but no, when you go back and watch that, that was very bad. That could have been very disastrous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and just, I pulled it up here. Bortles had a quote in the press conference. He says, I think you get to find out what kind of people are in the locker room, what kind of people are in the building when you go 0-3. There was a lot of hype before the season, and now that's completely gone. Like, my thing is, okay, if we're going to – let's find out about the people in the locker room and the building by winning, right? I mean, I just – I get so sick of all this, like, press conference garbage. I mean, Gus Bradley says, I feel bad for him, talking about balls. Oh. And I – you know what I mean? Like, what are we talking about? Why can't we just admit that we're playing terrible? We're not underachieving. We're just losing, and we need to win. I mean, is it gonna, really that difficult? We're going to switch sports here for about 30 seconds. I just had a thought. We're going to go back to that leadership quality because that's a pathetic quote, character or whatever kind of people in the building. Let's switch sports for just a quick second. LeBron, last year. Right. Everybody knows LeBron James. People love him. People hate him. But you know what he does during the season? He calls out people because he's the leader. He has it. He called out Kevin Love. He called out Kyrie when he didn't pass the ball. He calls out a lot of, you know, he he did that to motivate his team, to get them together, to get them on the same page, to achieve a goal. Got that head coach fired. Got the head coach <laughs> fired too, yeah. Absolutely. Hey, maybe maybe there's something to that. I mean. The point is, and we'll get off of basketball because this is a football ca- podcast. The point is, that's leadership qualities. None of this mm-hmm. subliminal crap. Okay, let it be known. Hey, we're not very good on offense. I don't know what kind of plays were being called. Like the play on the, in the Packers game. Where he defended Olsen, you know, and they were saying it was a run pass option and it was my fault. Now, I don't know who said what in exactly what timeline, but that was the, you know, it was Bortles' fault. And I think the coaching staff came out and said it was a run pass option. Blake had the option to do either one. 
that's a bunch of crap and you know it. Okay. <laughs> they meant to run the screen because they thought that, hey, if he gets out of bounds, if he can't make it to the end zone, he can stop the clock. So what what do you do? Bottom line is no one's holding each other accountable. They're just pointing fingers at each other and and they're babying yeah, each other in my opinion. Pointing finger no they, they are babying each other but pointing fingers in like a in a subliminal roundabout type way. Like uh passive aggressive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and there's another there's another um, word phrase for that roundabout something something way but we won't go there. Um yeah, this is family yeah, friendly. Yeah, fam- family so. friend- friendly here. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. But, I just yeah, but my, yeah, my, I mean, my, my point is, you gotta lead, and some leaders sometimes gotta do things they don't want to do or say to get to where they want to go, to get to to get to that goal, and they gotta do that. He's gotta step up and do that. And if he doesn't have it, then, yeah, then I don't know. Well, I like this. I like uh, quote. It's a long season. There's still a lot of ball left, and we're not where we want to be by any means. But we're still excited to have 13 opportunities to go play and win. Wonderful. That's great. I mean, did, I think they had that same exact quote last week mm-hmm. when the, plus one. You know, and it's just like you see this crap, and you're just like, God. Now I'll say this: If I would like to see what Bortles can do under a, a, a good coach, and I'm not talking about an offensive coordinator. Like they they switched up an offensive coordinator. Or whatever. I'm talking uh, another head coach, another another staff. We can only answer that question until he's been with a, a coaching staff that's capable, a capable coaching staff. So, right. but all we can do is have our opinions. Some people might, you know, I still I hope he works out. I really do. But oh yeah, sure. But at the end, at the end of the day, we we have what we have. We have an zero and three record with bad mechanics, no running game, an offensive line that can't block. And a quarterback, and stupid press stupid conferences. press conference, and a quarterback that has bad <laughs> body language, and a quarterback that that uh, I love him to death. You know, he, he's a no, and I like his attitude, but boy, he talking. He is talking a lot. So, <laughs> okay, so I will say that that is the one positive. To be totally honest with you, the thing that I get excited about is watching him play. I mean, there's more positives than just that, but one of the biggest things is Jalen Ramsey's play, and I love and and you've totally got me bought into this about the whole fact that we need more guys like Jalen Ramsey talking trash and, and just taking it really serious because that feud with Steve Smith was hilarious. Yeah, very hilarious. At the end of the, uh, I, I came back and I was able to watch a lot of the game, um, and then rewatch the first quarter. Uh, but at the end of the game, the um, CBS cut their feed right as Steve Smith was looking for Ramsey. And you can tell he was looking for him because he walked past every person to get to him. Every single person. And he was probably upset about the little cheap shot that that Ramsey gave him, which he didn't punch him or anything. He just kind of hit him as the pile was there. The, the play was still alive. So yeah. Steve Smith, you know, he's known, he's not a per se bully, but... You know, he's no slouch. You know, kind of grew up in South Central L.A., so, I mean, anybody can make it there. But my, my point my point is, whatever he said to Ramsey, he kind of made it personal, which Ramsey, that's mm-hmm. why he probably made that comment about, as a man, I don't respect him as a football player, he's good. And Steve Smith made it personal. Yeah. And if that's the case, if he did, then Steve Smith's wrong. He tried to punk Ramsey, and he's probably just mad because Ramsey pretty much, for the most part of the day, ate his lunch. So, and that's the kind of attitude. Yeah, well, 
Steve Smith's a 37-year-old man. I mean, come on. What's he going to do? Go find him and fight him after the game? Like, to me, that's just... Steve Smith's corny to me. I, I don't like that guy. At the end of the day, they, you know, he's 37, coming off an injury. He wants to still prove he still has it. But you, you had your you had your moments, and, 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 and you just got to face up today. You, you won the game. So what you worry about? What you getting mad for? Yeah, you won exactly. the game, and you're talking but, crap to a 21 or 22 year old. <laughs> well, and like, uh, so Steve Smith came back. <laughs> I love how I'm like, like gonna go over tweets, but like Steve Smith, I guess, had tweeted at Ramsey something about, uh, you know, I'm one day I'm gonna be in the Hall of Fame when you're retiring, and what do you say? Like my cleats have more threads yeah, than you. Basically, really, he's trying to say that. He's got his cleats have tougher skin than Ramsey does, and he's soft. You know, basically is what he's try, trying to say. I mean, he's the one tweeting at Ramsey, not even not even putting his name in the tweet. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like Steve Smith is the one that's freaking out about it. But then actually, Ramsey came back with the more respectable, professional tweet, um, kind of making Smith look like an idiot. I yeah, think. no, he did, and it just boils down to they. Steve Smith is making it personal. <laughs> and Ramsey is, you know, he, he, he got the best of them. And I don't know what what was said. None of us are probably ever going to know, but who, who knows. But Steve Smith, you know, you, you won the game. That's all you got to do. If Ramsey said that, all Steve Smith should have said, hey, we got a W and you got another L. Sorry, kid. See you later. And that would have been it. Ramsey couldn't have said a single thing after that. But because he went after per, it looks sounds like it sounds like looks like he went after him personally. Then you open up the door, you open up the box, and you, you're basically getting slayed, Steve Smith. So just get over it. All right. Well, just, well, just to be funny, because you've played a lot more sports than I have. What are some hypotheticals as to what he could have possibly said to personally attack him? You know what I mean? Because like. What what could be that big of a deal during the game? Like, did he Google like information about his family beforehand and like your grandmother's Man. ugly or something? I mean, nah, like what? I mean, I, I don't know. There's no telling what he could have said, or, or but he said something for for Ramsey to make that comment saying he doesn't respect him as a man. But like that's what player. I'm saying. Like yeah. what what dramatic thing it occurred? Been, it could have been anything. You know, the players they probably talk about each other's moms on there and say other <laughs> things about you know their their family situations or, or or whatnot and and they use you know the language is the language they, they talk how they want to talk they don't have a filter and they could care less about in uh tv coverage they're gonna say what they want to say and do what they want to do yeah so i just try to think of like like i always like to compare like sports to like the professional world and like if the same scenario had happened like it like at our job <laughs> and like I get into such a disagreement with somebody, I'm telling them later on that I don't respect them as a man. Like it's just weird to me. I don't know. I just think it's funny. Ramsey is a exceptional talent. I'm glad he's on our team. And yep. I hope that the rest of the team looks at that and they, they learn how to control and harness that. And not be so vulgar, you know, not vulgar, but vocal about it, you know, because that's not, it's still not a good, at the end of the day, yeah, Ramsey got him, but it's still not a good look. Um, and, and use that to find a way to win some ball games. 
Yeah. We, we definitely have a, 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 a Nick Saban used, likes to use the term at Alabama, alpha, an alpha right. dog. We definitely have an alpha dog because forget this whole nickel crap, okay? Forget, yeah. for, forget that, okay? He's our starting corner, him and Prince when he gets back. Because House right. and Gratz got picked on today, especially House. <laughs> Amongst them, 20 completions, whatever it was, 50 or 60% of them were at Devon House. They, they, I think they completed one pass on Ramsey, maybe two, but it's a, yeah. it's a, uh, he's definitely a, a starting corner now, and they just need to leave it at that. Yeah, and we'll look at that a little bit more thoroughly this week when we come back for another episode at some point. But, um, but yeah, I'd much rather channel Ramsey's energy and the vibe that he has going on than the Gus Bradley, we're going to get better every day vibe because that's not working anymore. And that's why I think we need a head coaching change because I almost think we need a coach that kind of emulates what Jalen Ramsey's all about, which is being competitive, but like on the field, not idealistically in speeches and in press conferences. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, so I don't know, but we're going to be uh, back later this week. Um, you know, to talk a little bit more about this game, hopefully uh, preview a little bit. The, uh, upcoming game versus the Colts in London and assumingly with our same head coach, same coaching staff and same, <laughs> I don't know, results. <laughs> we'll have to see about that. I don't anticipate things changing very much. Um, but just to wrap up, we do want to thank everybody for the support. Remember to like us on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, if you haven't yet, please subscribe on iTunes. And for non-Apple users, um, we're on SoundCloud. And if you could rate and review us on iTunes, we would greatly appreciate it. So this has been a really long instant reaction episode, and we are going to cut it short. And we'll talk to you guys later. All right, guys. Take care. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.